Family Podcast, and I'm your host, Councilwoman Y.T. Bell. Today's episode is entitled, Lawyer to Lawmaker, and our special guest is Jamie Carroll. Jamie Carroll graduated from Emory Law School and practices commercial litigation, real estate law, and bankruptcy law in Atlanta, and has been practicing for the last eight years. He has been serving as a city council person since 2017, and his goals for Clarkston are to encourage new businesses to come to Clarkston, as well as help current businesses thrive and grow, while also helping to facilitate development of affordable housing so that Clarkston can remain an affordable place to live for future and current residents. Everyone, welcome Jamie Carroll. Thank you, Jamie Carroll, city council person from the city of Clarkston for joining us today on Millennial Momentum and Municipality Podcast. Glad to be here. Real excited to talk to you. Thanks, Jamie. So I want you to talk about you, Jamie, who you are and why you're interested in running uh, for office and local government in the city of Clarkston as a council person. Sure. So, hey, I'm Jamie Carroll. Uh, before I was on city council, I was on the, I was an attorney. Before, and then when I first got involved in politics, I applied for the Clarkston Planning and Zoning Board. The reason why I got involved in Clarkston politics is at the time, this was back in 2013, there was a push in Clarkston to try to stop all refugee resettlement in the Clarkston area. And back then, uh, in the Obama administration, about 2,000 refugees were being settled in or around the Clarkston area each year. And there was a push by some in the local government to cut that off entirely. And the reason why I got involved is essentially in opposition to that. I didn't think we should be cutting off the refugee settlement at all. I think we should be encouraging it and facilitating it. So that, that was my initial push to get involved in the Clarkson Planning Zoning Board. And after three years on that, then I ran for um, city council and became a city councilman in 2017. Thanks for sharing that, Jamie. So how was the, how was the support? Um, because you were an attorney first and then you were transitioning or you had this idea about being an advocate because you were in opposition to what the, at that time the elected officials were trying to do. So like, how was the support from, you know, your friends, from the industry, the attorney industry and field, as well as your family about you running? Uh, they were pretty supportive. A lot of my friends and family, especially the ones in Clarkston, the friends in Clarkston, a lot of them are involved in volunteering and helping out those may be less fortunate in Clarkston. So I think there was pretty strong consensus in favor of supporting more refugees in Clarkston and not trying to stop all the refugees from coming in. So there, there definitely was support. And, it, you know, there's also when I ran for council, a lot of my friends and family are pretty generous in their financial contributions to help support the campaign. Because as you know, campaigns cost money. Yes, Jamie, they definitely cost a ton of money so that you can reach out and communicate with voters so they can vote for you. Um, so I know how our government is structured because guess what, viewers? Me and Jamie serve on the same council in the city of Clarkston. But for those that don't know, Jamie, can you provide information on the structure of our government in the city of Clarkston and how it functions as well as how you govern as an elected official because all elected don't govern the same? Um, and then can you give a little tidbit on your leadership style? Sure. So Clarkson is what's called council manager form of government. There's six members of the city council, a mayor, and a city manager. A city manager runs a day-to-day operation, kind of handles hiring, firing, you know, daily, 
decisions have to be run. The council is more of a legislative body that makes kind of the policy decision, passes ordinances, amends ordinances, uh, passes and approves the budget each year. And then the mayor essentially is more, I would say, more of almost a ceremonial role. He does break a tie. He or she would break a tie if there's a 3-3 tie among the six city council members. But other than that, the mayor doesn't introduce agenda items and is more just kind of a representative uh, for like for for like appearances and stuff like that on behalf of the city. And I guess I would say that my style as council member is I probably see my role as more of like a policy wall. Uh, I see it as kind of researching and figuring out what the best urban policy is that applies to the city of Clarkson and working to draft those ordinances, build support for those ordinances and get those ordinances passed. Okay, that definitely sounds like you um, policy want, which is a great thing to have on every city council. Someone that does the research, knows the laws and willing to uh, introduce a lot of progressive policies. Now, with that being said, I know being on the city council with you, but the viewers don't know, and the listeners definitely don't know about some of the challenges that we face when we're navigating public leadership. Can you talk about a time where you had to um, navigate a challenge as well as a time where you were successful um, when trying to move the needle forward in local government? Sure. So, so in Clarkson right now, there's um, starting to be some more development. Uh, there's townhomes that recently were approved for Glendale about a little bit over a year ago. And then about a couple months ago, there were homes approved, cottage homes approved in East Avenue. In both of the cases, there was some pretty strong local opposition from people that just didn't want more development in Clarkston. And, you know, the nature of politics is people feel free to make personal attacks against you, not just making policy arguments, but also like saying that you're corrupt. I think that time when in politics, you just kind of have to have a thick skin. You remind yourself that people are upset. They're making personal attacks, but it's not really about personal attacks. It's really about the policy and you have to support the best policy for Clarkston. I think in both of those cases, ultimately we did pass the best policy, allowing more housing options for people to to live in Clarkston. Can you talk about having to navigate something that you consider a failure um, or something that was just incremental to you getting bigger success in another area? Sure. So that recently I've been trying to push a zoning reform and I kind of went through the process of going to public committee meetings. And then I realized after kind of going to public committee meetings that people didn't feel comfortable enough with their own understanding of zoning reform at a lot of committee meetings so that we needed to have an outs- another outside expert group review it. And it kind of made me realize that, you know, I probably should have just gone to a different outside expert group to begin with rather than going through the public committee meeting process because that ended up just delaying things. Um, so that, that's definitely a lesson that I took in that particular area that people don't feel comfortable enough with their own knowledge of zoning reform to where that they, they don't feel like they can review on it themselves without having an expert group to give their own opinion. So that, that's definitely a lesson that I, I took. I wish I had done that earlier. We are doing that now having an expert group look at this on your form. Can you kind of elaborate for those listeners that maybe want to run, but don't really understand the day-to-day of what it looks like to govern, especially they don't understand donor reform. So if you could kind of elaborate on what that means. But sure, I- sure. So there, the basic idea behind the zoning reform is really there were two main, con- two main concepts. The first is we wanted to have more democratic input in the zoning. So we wanted to um, let the public know earlier about potential zoning changes make different zoning changes go through different stages of democratic review instead of just going straight to the council. So, and then the second was to encourage more development in Clarkson, encourage more homes homes for people to live in Clarkson, encourage more business commercial development in Clarkston. So those were the two aspects. And the first aspect wasn't as controversial, so that passed. The second aspect is still kind of going through the zoning review process with that. We're, we're looking at possibly hire an external firm. And for somebody that doesn't know about the day-to-day of running for city government, uh, I guess I would say as your city official, a lot of it is kind of back and forth with citizens will call you with complaints or email with you things that they want to change in the city. And sometimes that's a legislative change. Sometimes that's just reaching out to the city manager, 
to find out what's going on with this project or that project when X street or Y street is going to be completed. And sometimes it's like, well, there's this issue in the city that like three or four people email me about. Is this something that, you know, we need to put in the budget? Like for example, people on mail were contacting me about how people speeding down the street and we eventually approved speed tables for mail that'll hopefully make that street safer for the pedestrians that go down it. And so it, a lot of it is just kind of feedback from from the constituents and also part of it is kind of having your own vision of what you want to see changed in the city like you said making your own progressive changes that you run on in your campaign so that you know it's working to implement those it's working to find the right legislation to find models of what other cities have done how they've succeeded or failed and then drafting a version for Clarkston and kind of building up support for it uh, and the council as well as with the people of Clarkston so that ultimately it can get passed and hopefully make Clarkston better. Jimmy, you have a lot on your plate. You're a full-time attorney. In addition to that, you are a husband and a father and a council person. So how do you find that work-life balance? Uh, it's hard. I don't, I don't go to as many public meetings as probably I should. Uh, so I'm you may not see me out at as many events in Clarkson as you may see some of the other council members. You know, it's not because I don't want to see my lovely constituents. It's just because I'm busy with, you know, with my seven-month-old or I'm busy with my job or some of my other responsibilities. So I, there definitely is a trade-off there. But you kind of have to pick and choose which events you can go to and just try to do more of your work, you know, at night by email, things like that. Can you kind of share for the listeners, while we serve in a part-time capacity on paper, how many hours we attribute to our work to get things passed and to talk to constituents as well as to talk to our colleagues and the city manager to ensure that our platform or our business being implemented? Yeah, so I, it's a part-time job. I know a lot of people may think it's a full-time job, but we get paid 3500 a year, which is not enough to support a family for a very even a short period of time. So I would say that I spend maybe 10 hours a week on city council, sometimes more, sometimes less. I would say 10 is about the average. And that's setting up the agenda, that's doing research, that's drafting ordinances, that's emailing back and forth with constituent city manager, that's attending events. There are meetings twice a month. And those meetings, I would say, average at least three hours, probably more like four or five hours in some cases. So I'd say it's a pretty extensive time commitment. Well, it is definitely a time commitment. And I'm glad that over time, you've been able to find that balance to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Now let's talk about how imperative it is for more younger folks or millennials to run for office and the impact that this age group can bring to governing bodies. Okay, great. Yeah. So I don't have anything, despite what some may claim next door, I don't have anything against older people. I hope to be an older person myself one day. But I, I do think that it'd be great to have also more younger elected officials, more younger people involved in politics, because if you think about it, politics is one of the fundamental things that determines what your community is like, and especially on the local government level, the, it doesn't take nearly as much money to get elected as it does on like a statewide or national level, and it's something that's much more doable with, you know, another career or your other time commitments you may have, and you can really have more impact in your community than in some cases you could have even a statewide or national office and local office because local office, you know, controls the very basic functions of government. It controls police, it controls land use, it controls a lot of the infrastructure. So I really would encourage young people, you know, if you want to see the future of your communities being different over the next 20 or 30 years, and local government's a great place to get involved and have more perspective about future. You may have more of a future-oriented perspective that, you know, the community really needs to hear from. Most definitely. Um, and right now, majority of people that live in the inner city especially as it relates um, very applicable to the city of Clarkson, are younger folks. So if you're going to be majority of the population, you should also 
want to have some input. What is that one thing that you wish you have known before embarking on this journey that would have been helpful for your professional growth? Oh, gosh. Well, I would. I wish I would have known about the, the zoning change. I would have done that differently. I, I, I wish I would have, would have known that YT was going to serve with me, and then I would have uh, worked with her more to make sure she got elected last time. I'm glad that we are able to serve together now, um, and that it's majority-led council where we're able to share for ideas and maybe not always agree, um, but find some common ground so that we can still the whole overall goal of moving Clarkson forward is definitely being implemented. Okay, so now for the good stuff, right? So in the city of Clarkston, what is your favorite restaurant or shop? Uh, favorite restaurant? Uh, probably going to upset the people I don't choose, but my favorite restaurant is Kathmandu. I really like Kathmandu. Um, Herbert Schwammer is also really good. I like Brockett is good. I like the Nepali Food Mart, which is kind of an underrated place. Not that many people know about it, but I would say Kathmandu is my favorite. Yeah, so what do you give from Kathmandu? Because they have a great menu of food over there, and it's one of my favorites as well, James, so don't feel bad. No, they, they have a lot of good stuff. If you're eating with another person, my wife and I usually get the dinner for two. It's basically like, it's like five courses, and it's like 30 bucks for two people, which is, you know, there's, there's like always leftovers for like three more meals after that. So it, it's really good. I recommend it. Definitely. So reasonable at Kathmandu. Okay. Yeah. Now, in three words or less, how would you describe the city of Clarkston? If you were trying to sell the city for potential homeowners that are thinking about um, buying a home, as well as developers and new businesses that are trying to find a new location. Uh, I would say welcoming, diverse, and growing. Those, those are my three words. And welcoming, I think, kind of speaks for itself. Diverse, just because of the different, all the different communities and languages and you know, people from all, the different, all over the world are represented in Clarkston which is really not something you're going to get almost anywhere else in the country. And then just growing. I just feel like Clarkson is, is growing and just has so much more potential to continue to grow. So I, I would encourage, you know, anybody thinking about moving there, any business thinking about coming here to come get in on the ground floor while you can. Yeah, I like those three words to describe. What do you hope to do in the future to continue to be innovative and move the city forward? There's a few projects that I'm working on, working on the zoning reform that we talked about. I'm working on kind of ways to have better communication between you know, the police and the, the police and the citizens of Clarkson, something that we can still, we've been improving, we can continue to improve. And the third thing, I guess, is just kind of downtown development in Clarkson. We're looking at prospects of, re, of redeveloping this old um, factory building that's kind of in the middle of downtown Clarkson. We have some developers that are looking at it. We're hopeful that eventually it can be turned into kind of like a mixed public-private space where there may be some public meetings there. There may also be a brewery and some restaurants, kind of like a mini Crog Street market. So I think that would be a great thing to have in kind of the downtown Clarkson that might revitalize the area. I agree. So those are great projects. At the end of our podcast, we always are a source of inspiration for anybody that's thinking about running for local um, office, whether it's county or city level. Probably my favorite speech is uh, the Lincoln Gettysburg Address, and it's kind of maybe a little bit of a dark, of a dark motivational, but I, I think that that's a, I think that's a good motivation for anyone who ever wants to think about like preserving democracy. It's just the Gettys, the Gettysburg Address. I think is a great motivational to encourage all of us to think of all the sacrifice that people have made for democracy in the past, and encourage us to continue to make 
to continue to make those sacrifices and continue to work to improve democracy and improve our communities. Well, thank you, Jamie, for your time. And we'll see you next time on Millennial Momentum in Municipality.